Hello and welcome to Well It Depends, a podcast exploring the grey areas of health, fitness and life. I am your host, Charlie Beestone. I'm a qualified nutritionist and performance coach who works with everyone from elite athletes and CEOs to recreational gym goers and the general population. Well, it depends is the title of this podcast as it's probably the three words that I say most often when asked a question. Because more often than not, the answer is, well, it depends. The aim of this podcast is to try and resist the urge to oversimplify complex topics and to dive deeper to help you, the listener, improve your understanding at a less superficial level. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope that it challenges you to reappraise your tightly held beliefs, that you remain open to alternative perspectives and that you deepen your understanding of the subjects discussed, even if you already have some knowledge of the topic. As basketball coach John Wooden once said, it's what you learn after you know all that counts. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode. Um, Today, because it is January, I wanted to talk about body transformation programs. And it's something I've had a couple of questions about from people. Some people asking, should they do them? Some people asking, why should they still be allowed to be run? Um, So there's, it's quite divisive. There's two ends of that spectrum. So I wanted to chat about the pros, but also the cons, and then give my own opinion at the end, um, as is tradition on this podcast, try and discuss that grey area and then give my own thoughts and reflections. Um, because what is a podcast without the selfish views of a middle-aged white male? That's what podcasts are all about, really. So body transformation programs, I guess what we always do first is try and define what we mean by them to avoid any confusion. And body transformation programs are essentially programs where the goal is on an aesthetic change over a certain time period. So normally somewhere between 8 and 16 weeks. They're normally marketed as a quick and effective or efficient way to lose weight, to build muscle, to improve our overall fitness or strength. They might involve a combination of exercise Um, and nutrition advice and maybe supplementation advice they may include a support system of coaches trainers online communities that's generally what they look like and before we get started on the discussion about them I should probably highlight my own bias because I think that's important I don't run a body transformation program so I'm immediately potentially biased against them because if I thought they're a really great idea I'd look like a bit of a twat for not running one. So please consider that when you listen to this analysis of whether we should do them or not. Um, I am currently running an eight-week group coaching program with my good friend, Catherine, which is called Think Your Way to Weight Loss, which I'll link in the description for anyone interested. We're running another program in a couple of weeks, actually, when this goes out, so mid-Feb. We've had some really great feedback so far. We're really enjoying it. It's been really great for people. That's not a body transformation program. That's very much sort of the opposite, trying to steer people away from short-term diets and diet mindsets and actually look at their barriers and obstacles with food and what we can do to actually help them um, with their mindset and their relationship with food. So that's my bias and where I'm at out of the way. With these programs, there's quite a big variance in terms of what you get, what they offer, who it's with. And I think that's really important when we think about whether we should be doing these or not. 
So there's a lot of things in common, like I spoke about earlier. But there's quite a lot of variability as well. So some are men only, some are women only, some are mixed. Um, some are fat loss only or weight loss. Some are more about recomposition, so trying to lose body fat and gain muscle mass at the same time. Some of them are run by qualified personal trainers or qualified nutritionists. However, there's also variation within that because what qualified might mean for one person might not be the marker that other people use for qualified. So does qualified mean a three-year degree and a master's or does qualified mean I've done my online level two personal trainer? Both you could argue are qualified, but the level of qualification are very different. And then also what professional development do these people do outside of their initial education? So realistically, someone working with people should probably have extensive qualifications, but they should also have evidence that they continually learn and improve and um, keep up to date with be uh, best practice, really. So the methods used often vary as well. So there's personalization of nutrition and training. What that personalization looks like is different. Sometimes it's um, you get your own macros and calories to follow. We might give you a meal plan, but we'll tweak it based on your preferences or your requirements it might be that you don't get any personalization and you get given a meal plan to follow you get given calories and macros to follow you're a woman you get 1400 calories that's it no more questions go and do it so there is an element of variation there and also education some of these programs will try and educate people on why they're recommending the things they are. So why are calories important? Why, pro why is protein important? Why are we giving you these targets? Some probably don't offer that level of qualification uh, of education and some maybe offer even more education. I don't know. So when we talk about body transformation programs, there is a huge, huge difference between all different types of programs. And that's important to think about when we say, are they good or bad? The answer is probably, it depends, shock. Next question then is, do they work? And this is sort of a, it's partly a how long is a piece of string question, like what is it working? What does that look like? Um, to what extent do they work? It depends on what mark you are using to measure success in these programs. And even if you mean like get physical results or a physical change, success might be dependent on what time frame you're looking at. So is success physical change during the program or from beginning to end is it sustained progress three months after the program or one year after the program or five years after the program what does success look like and are people able to sustain the results would that be success often i don't think that is the case often i think success is how much can this person change within eight or 12 weeks so what are the advantages so in my social, me social media world, I follow lots of coaches who aren't a fan of this sort of approach. There's a lot of posts on don't do a transformation. It doesn't work. But we've got to think about so many people are running them and so many people want to join them. Is it fair to suggest they never work for anything or for anyone ever? It's almost quite a cynical view to assume that they don't ever work for anyone because you're then essentially deciding that anyone that decides to run one of these programs they're running it knowing that it doesn't ever work and they are literally just doing it to exploit people and take cash. And you're also assuming that the person buying it is doing so in the face of the overwhelming evidence that they never work. And I'm not sure that's the case either. So I don't think we can say these things never work. 
Um, they don't work for anyone ever because I don't think that is the case. But as we might discuss later on, there might be people it doesn't work for and it might take certain criteria from the program for it to work. Again, depending on what your definition of work is. The advantages of these sorts of programs. So they can provide structure and an organized approach to improving physical health. People follow a set training plan. They might follow nutrition recommendations, whether that is um, just habits to follow, whether it is calories and macros, whether it is a meal plan. Individuals might see a significant improvement in their fitness levels and potentially in their body composition over the course of a program. That would not be unexpected. So there is an element of people are going to improve their physical health because they are probably exercising more. They might be improving their diet quality. They might be eating more fruit and veg than they normally would, eating less ultra-processed food than they normally would. They might have lost some body fat and that might be part of what getting healthier looks like for them. So there's an element of this will improve their physical health, it will improve their strength, it will improve their fitness. They might get increased energy levels for the same reason. Um, One thing that I think is really interesting is the sustainability element, which I spoke about earlier. People argue that results aren't sustained, and I will come on to that. But I think actually if we help people make changes where they feel better and they feel like they've got more energy, there's potentially a possibility where even if they don't sustain all of the results of the program, they might be more likely to engage in physical activity and better nutrition in the future because they've had this experience of feeling good and how they can possibly feel, which can be a motivator. So I think sometimes this can almost act as like a catalyst for people to go, right, This how I've done this was too extreme for me and that's not sustainable, but that's given me a little insight into actually when I do make these changes, I feel really good. Now what I'm going to do is go back and look at those changes and think what was sustainable What's the happy middle ground between where I was, where I wasn't feeling good, and then where I got to where I felt great, but it was too much? What's the middle ground? So actually, I think there's potential there for some of these improvements in energy, in physical fitness, in general health and how we feel that might end up being sustained, even if the behaviors encouraged in the program aren't sustained. We might see better mental health, which could be controversial and I'll come on to why that is controversial later. Potentially due to exercise, potentially due to improved nutrition. We know both of those things have a positive effect on mental health. Lots of different marks of mental health as well. But also there's the sense of community, the sense of belonging with the group um, that these programs often provide this sort of community feel, a sense of purpose potentially, enhanced self-efficacy. So if we can change fitness and we see that we can stick to something for longer than maybe we had done before, we might end up feeling more confident, having higher self-efficacy, and feel like we're the sort of person that can make changes, which is a big deal for a lot of people. A lot of people don't feel like that. So if these sorts of programs can encourage that, that might be another positive. And finally, as a sort of a last advantage, and I've already alluded to this slightly, they will work for some people. And I have no qualms about saying that. They will work for some people. We are individuals, so there's going to be someone or a group of people with the right psychological and physical makeup who can go through one of these programs, make changes, see results that they can keep without feeling like they have to really give up anything, try that hard. Um, They don't feel it was restricted. They don't feel it was extreme. It fits in with everything in their life and they can do it. And they either 
sustain the progress or they then focus on a different goal using some of the tools that were given to them. Um, they might switch up training. They might switch up nutrition. They might end up working with the person who was running the program on a one-to-one basis and making even more progress. I have no doubts that in some of these programs at some point that can happen. So to say body transformation programs, and I've probably been guilty of this in the past, to say they're all rubbish and no one should do them, I think that's false. I don't think that is the case. So the disadvantages. Strap yourselves in because there's a few. Um, As good as I think they can be for some people, I think there's a big old group of people where they're not going to be, and we're going to come on to that. Nutrition first then. So one reason is that these programs aren't great always is that these programs often involve strict or restrictive nutrition plans that aren't sustainable for or healthy for long-term sort of progress and maintenance. For example, a program might recommend cutting out entire food groups. They might recommend following a very low-calorie diet in order to achieve rapid weight loss. These diets are obviously difficult to stick to and may lead to people feeling like they're deprived or obsessed with food or constantly thinking about food. Um, So that's one of the big downsides for me is that actually the nutrition is often handled quite badly in these programs. And the way it's marketed doesn't necessarily help that because they will market these programs as we want you to feel great. And then you'll pay your often quite extortionate prices to join the program and you'll get welcome to the program here's your 1200 calorie food plan we look forward to speaking to you midway through week two where you will feel awful for not sticking to it we make the subtle suggestion that it's not your fault and then you internalize that and you feel like you're the problem it's nothing to do with the fact that you're a shattered you are shattered because you're a mum of two who's training regularly running around after little ones maintaining a full-time job and doing all of that on half the calories that you're supposed to be doing it's nothing to do with that. Um, it's just the fact that you couldn't stick to it and that's your fault. So that's what these programs sometimes encourage, this mindset of, or actually, that's your fault. You can stick to it. It's nothing to do with the program, nothing to do with the fact that 1,200 calories just in a food plan wasn't right for you, your fault. And that's difficult for some people, surprisingly. It doesn't fix the root problem for many people. These sort of programs aren't about helping you understand what it is that you struggle with food it's about sort of parking that for eight or 12 weeks and following something else what happens is that you leave this eight or 12 week program and you've still not got any of the tools to handle the things that were making you struggle with food or movement in the first place you go back to your old behaviors because you no longer have the accountability where maybe when it got hard you might have had someone in a group saying keep going it'll be worth it you don't have that anymore you probably don't stick to it. You feel even worse. You might even go beyond where you were at the start and be in an even worse position. And you're not feeling too great. So it doesn't actually fix the root problem. And actually, a lot of the problems that people have might actually be exacerbated. So all or nothing thinking is one that people struggle with, with food and movement. That's probably exacerbated by a program because they can stick to it for eight or 12 weeks, but no longer increasing this feeling of when I'm on it, I'm on it. When I'm not, I'm off it. Emotional eating. People, if they try and stick to this for longer than eight or 12 weeks, will probably feel stressed, feel demotivated, feel unhappy. They tend to eat and then that's going to make them eat more because the program's actually making them feel worse. It hasn't helped them with any of the tools that people need to actually 
um, regulate their emotions better. Self-criticism is another one. This is actually encouraging self-criticism most of the time, telling you that you're the problem, you didn't stick to it because you didn't want it enough and you weren't motivated, encouraging you to be more self-critical, which doesn't help. And it also gives people more food rules generally and encourages them to think about more problem foods, which people were doing anyway. And this has actually made that much worse. So from the food side of things, there's the actual practical side of food. It really doesn't help people most of the time. I don't like how these programs are marketed. So the promotion of these programs not only is about sort of changing your body and your appearance, but also about your health. And they really conflate health and appearance and try and make them sound like sort of the same thing. And they're not the same thing. So they will use things like be a healthy parent for your children in the same sentence as get shredded. And people start to associate, well, actually, if I want to be here longer and be able to play with my kids and look after them and be healthy, I've got to get super lean. And that's obviously not the case. The marketing mentions health and says, oh, we're doing this to make you healthier, but then encourages loads of unhealthy behaviors. So restriction on certain food groups or foods, shame and guilt built into the programs as motivators, following a set meal plan, a training program that's the same for everyone, regardless of training age, injury history or ability, limits on your social life and potentially a lack of food variety as well, which we know is really important for our health. And this is all before we've come on to disordered eating. Um, these programs can exacerbate disordered eating, maybe even eating disorders in some people. The issue that I have beyond that is actually these programs are drawing those sorts of people in. So people that have a history of these things, instead of getting the help that maybe they do need, they get drawn into these sorts of programs because what they're being promised aligns with what they think they need and what they do want. Um, I know from ex a personal experience once actually where one person reached out to me asking for help um, in terms of one-to-one -one coaching and they mentioned that they had symptoms of an eating disorder and I explained that I that's outside my scope of practice I can't work with them with someone with those conditions and this is where they should go for that specialist help a week later someone I follow who runs these transformations year-round was resharing something of this person saying that they joined the program so these programs can sometimes bring in these people with disordered eating, eating disorders, and often they're not vetted. There's no sign-up process. There's no application process. It's just if you want to get lean, rebuildable muscle, regardless of whether you should be doing or not, you're in if you pay the money, and that's problematic. Um, there's obviously a sustainability issue, so it gives people this sort of quick-fix mentality of, dramatic results in a short period of time often the marketing won't mention what happens beyond these eight or 12 weeks because they know what's going to happen and that might put people off so there'll be nothing about this is going to be hard for you to sustain afterwards there's going to be nothing about how you're going to feel afterwards it's all about what's going to happen how you will feel at eight or 12 weeks nothing beyond that um so yeah you might get some rapid weight loss but all you're going to probably get is weight regain and a frustrating cycle of yo-yo dieting. For a lot of people that were yo-yo dieting before these programs, like I said earlier, they've probably got those problems amplified or multiplied slightly, and they'll probably struggle with yo-yo dieting even more. Um, there's some slight issues in terms of 
the results that people display to market the programs as well. So often they will put pictures up potentially and say, this is X and they did great. And this is how much they lost or how much muscle they gained and all those things. How many coaches are posting three or four people out of a group of 15 or 20 potentially who gave up partway through or who didn't get results or called them out for potentially not running a particularly moral or ethical program? We only get to see the bits that they share on social media. And if they share enough because they run enough programs or they run programs with enough numbers where percentage-wise they're going to have some people, like I said earlier, that will succeed, we assume that that's a typical result for everyone. And that's not the case. There's going to be some people who don't get on with that program. And that's probably true of all coaching. You'll get some people where it just doesn't work for them. But you'll get a disproportionate amount of people, I think, who it won't work for and Internally in the program, they'll be blamed for their own lack of success. Externally, they just won't be mentioned. They won't be sort of acknowledged as part of the program. It'll just be about the people that were really successful. And that's the only bit that we see. And that leads to sort of unrealistic expectations of what we're going to achieve, what can be maintained, and who's to blame if we don't maintain it. I mentioned like the self-efficacy as a potential advantage where people can see that they stick to results and they're the sort of person that can get results and that can really help them but i think a lot of these programs are designed to create guilt and shame if people aren't successful there's that subtle suggestion that it's your fault the comparison to other people in the group will make you feel even worse and that'll actually reduce your self-efficacy and that's really difficult for some people like to to sign up for a program because you think it's going to make you feel more confident and stop all of the things you're struggling with at the moment only be to, only to be told that it's your fault that you struggle with all those things when it doesn't go right it's no wonder that so many people really struggle with making change after they've gone through certain programs and that's not just true of body transformation programs that's uh, weight loss programs diet programs etc a lot of them are based on guilt and shame and that makes it very difficult for people to think I'm the sort of person that can make this change because every t- everywhere they've gone, they've not been perfect, which no one is, and they're being told well, it's your fault that you're not. And they internalize that. For the people that are successful during the program, that doesn't guarantee success afterwards. Um, and when people, and I see this a lot, is people say, well, actually, I did this program three or four years ago and I did really well and made a huge change and I lost this and I looked great and all of that. They struggle to differentiate between the physical changes they made and how they felt at that time. And there's this thing um, called rosy recollection bias, where you remember only the good bits of something. You don't remember how bad it was. So you remember the picture of you at the end compared to the picture of you at the start. You don't remember the eight weeks where you felt like absolute shit for all of it. You only remember the good bits. So people say, oh, I did this program once. I lost X weight and gained muscle and felt great. Now I can't get back to that, and I'm really angry about it. They forget they felt shit, immediately went back to how they were, and they only remember the physical change and the nice comments from people at home. So they think they want to go back to that, but they don't remember how impossible it felt all the way through and how it felt like a relief at the end to actually stop and go back to eating how they were before. So that's all of the disadvantages in my eyes, and that's as balanced as I probably can be. In conclusion, I think a lot of body transformation programs are not very good. That's not to say that I don't think you can run a body transformation program that 
is done ethically and morally and right in general. Like, I think you could do something that is evidence-based, that educates people, that helps them make progress, even make quite considerable progress in a short period of time that would set them up for success afterwards, even if that is maintenance of slightly higher body fat than they got on the program, for example, or maintenance of habits. I think it's possible whether we should be marketing that as this eight or 12 week blast in terms of body transformation or aesthetic change. I don't think we should um, because I do think people just think of diet and exercise as how small can I be? How lean can I be? And that's not what it's about. So is there a place for them? I'm a bit conflicted. I think they could be run better than a lot of them are, but should they be run at all? Do they help people be healthier and get the things they want to get? More often than not, probably not. But there's always going to be someone who it is suitable for. And the reality of these programs is there will always be a need for them. And while there is a need for them and people are willing to pay for them, there'll be people willing to charge them for them and charge them lots of money. And there are some coaches in my sort of health and fitness space who run these programs who are good coaches, who know what they're on about, who do help people. So maybe there is space for this to be done if it's done very well and marketed carefully. I think more often than not, that is not the case. The case, not the case. Um, so yeah, I would personally avoid these programs and look at how can you work with someone in a way that's going to help you if they're offering all these things and saying this is exactly what will happen to you and you know that probably isn't the case or it sounds far-fetched or looks far-fetched it probably is and i've not even sort of dug into the fact that some of these coaches lie they will still transformation pictures from elsewhere they will say that these changes happened in eight weeks when they actually happened in 24 weeks They'll share pictures of themselves as one of the members of the group when actually they're a personal trainer who is so interested in changing their body that they find it easy. So we've not really gone down the whole side of things of people who run these really badly. We're just looking at people who run them, um, maybe not in the best way, but try and do it ethically and maybe still don't help people. They're just my views. If you've got your own views, keep them to yourself you're here to listen to me no um if you've got your own views please get in touch with me about them if you listen to this please let me know because it really helps when people are listening if you think someone you know might enjoy it then please do share it and give it a review on wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps and all the other things that a podcaster is supposed to say at the end of a podcast if they're good at their job and not like me all of those things so I'll stick some stuff in the show notes if you want to read it. If you don't want to read it, that's up to you. I can't tell you what to do. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great rest of the week and I will chat to you very soon. Bye.